Welcome back to another episode of the Tan and Jane Man Show here. It is October, but it does not feel like it. We are setting record high heat uh, so far this week. Supposed to do it again tomorrow, maybe even Wednesday. But then by the end of the week, it will feel like football weather. It's only supposed to be in the 50s here, so I am looking forward to that. How you doing tonight there, Tan and Man? Doing better than I was last Monday, Jay, man. You know, as a sports fan, (laughs) when you like multiple teams, it kind of can be a roller coaster of emotions weekend to weekend. And darn near had a perfect sports weekend for myself. If it wasn't for Duke failing to defend a fourth and 10, and if it wasn't for the Europeans whooping on the Americans in the Ryder Cup, would have been a perfect sports weekend. But still, even with how it turned out, I'll take it compared to the previous few weekends weekend. yeah yes uh, that was a lot better for you uh, over the weekend uh, it prevented embarrassment on sunday uh to be honest uh I, I i don't know if it does a whole lot for them going forward but uh at least you don't have to live in bear well is it bears country there uh four ways probably more colts yeah so. And, and there's some Browns in sure Fort Wayne, some, too. I bet there's some Lions fans there, too. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a mix. It's kind of yeah. a weird market. But, but yeah, it, I mean, I know enough Bear friends, uh, which some of them were reaching out to me during the game, and I kept my mouth shut, even when the Broncos were down 28-7, just in case. And glad I did because I got the last laugh. But yeah. I will get more into that more into that later on. Um, I did bring a birdie or bogey question for you. All right. You are up four strokes on me, um, commanding lead. Uh, I've got to find it here. Uh, there we go. All right. Hopefully you didn't see this, but you might have. DJ Stroud, Texans rookie quarterback. He has passed for 1,212 yards this season. So far, which is second most passing yards by a player through his first four NFL games. Who is in front of him for that record? Second most passing yards ever through four games to start a career. Mm -hmm. That's a really good question. Uh, I did not see it, so uh, maybe I can pull something out of my uh, hat here, uh, but uh, Birdie Bogey brought to you by Arlington Public House. Arlington Public House has upscale cuisine and cocktails with a casual atmosphere located at 703 Main Street in Rochester, Indiana. $2 whole smoked wings every Monday and $1 off domestic brewskis. Over the weekend, they had Ivory Moss, who performed on Saturday from 530 to 830, so I think they have her there. Uh, quite maybe, often. Yeah, quite often. Maybe once a month, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but uh, they also have some fantastic food uh, per use. They're also uh, advertising their Winter Golf Simulator League, uh, which you can play on Mondays from 5 to 7 or 7 to 9. Pick your night. In, or actually, all week, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from 5 to 7 or 7 to 9. You just got to pick your time slot. Um, open to the first 32 teams to get signed up. The cost for the season is 300 bucks per person, includes 10 league rounds and two additional simulator hours. There's also a two-season thing where it's 575 per person, uh, which includes 20 league rounds and five additional simulator hours. So uh, I'm sure uh, Arlington Public House is pretty packed for that over the uh, winter months. Yeah, and if you're a golfer, um, it, there's nothing to do in the winter. You, you can't, and you yeah. don't want to... Especially if you've had a good season, you don't want your game to get rusty. Now I know simulator simulator is different than playing outside, but still right. you can still get your swings in, and it's still better than not hitting a ball at all or not playing. And you can have a good time, have some drinks and some great food, and and kick it back with their friends and do something once or twice a week. So yeah. uh, take advantage of that. Hit Bryce up and sign up for the Caddyshack Winter League. Get your veggies. And you can, you can, yeah, you can, you can get if a hey, if, if you want to snack if you want to snack on some veggies, more power to you, more <laughs> power to you. Uh, but uh, J Man, uh, let's start this pod once again with some baseball talk. Baseball. Your Cubs uh, couldn't quite hang on, couldn't quite hang on as they did not make the postseason this year. Yeah, finished the game. Uh, was that a game? It was yeah, a game behind the a game and a half. Well, a game. Okay, it was it was a singular game. <laughs> the, uh, Arizona Diamondbacks for that final spot. Um, it 
took quite the collapse to do it, really. They had 92% uh, playoff odds back just three weeks ago, and now it's at 0% as the season ended with them not being in it. Um, over their final 17 games, they went 5-12. and 12. Um, It was just a whole culmination of things. Their offense went cold there for a little bit of it. When the offense picked back up, their starting rotation was bad for a few uh, games. Then their pitching was pretty good. Bullpen comes in and blows games. They had a stretch where – I believe they played seven games and they had a lead entering into the eighth inning, five of those games, and they lost all five, which is the first team to ever do it. Um, part of that reason being uh, David Ross kind of ro- rode his bullpen so hard from August, uh, from really June 1st or June 31st or June 30th, there's not 31 days. From June 1st, here we go. I found the actual stat. June 1st to August 31st. Um, it saved the Cubs season, but indirectly kind of ended the Cubs season. Um, Alzali, Albert Alzali, their closer in that, um, stretch through 31 in the third innings with a 2.70 ERA, Mark Leiter Jr. 34 in the third innings, 2.88 ERA, Michael Fulmer in those, uh, in that stretch, 34 in the third innings, 2.62 ERA. Julian Merriweather, 37 and two-thirds innings in that stretch, 2.63 ERA. They were lights out. They were pitching almost every single day, it felt like. And then um, you kind of fast forward to September 1st, and due to wear and tear, um, you have uh, Adbert Asli only threw three and a third innings in September with a 4.91 ERA, spent a majority of the month on the injured list. Michael Fulmer. Through two thirds of an inning in September, spend majority on the injured list. Julian Merriweather had a 3.75 ERA, which is okay, but he completely lost his command uh, with a 7.5 uh, per nine walk rate. Mark Leiter Jr., who was one of their most consistent relievers all year, getting lefties out. He only threw seven and a third innings in September, 8.59 ERA. So instead of kind of mixing and matching more, and I know you're going all out to try to turn the season around, which they did, um, and unfortunately ended up costing them. In that, I mean, that is is kind of an indictment on Jed Hoyer at the trade deadline. I understand his uh, strategy at the deadline. You know, we're in it, but we're still a decent ways out. We're going to trade for a bat and pick up a middling um, reliever in Jose Quiles instead of going out there and getting actual good relievers at the deadline. It ended up costing them. Uh, Jose Quas threw, I think, 50 game, um, half of the games uh, that he was on the team, he pitched in half of those. Um, so uh, th- I think it was like 20, <laughs> 27 appearances in 54 games, um, and he wasn't very good to begin with, so they had to rely on him for high leverage. Uh, so that was my issue with um, David Ross in managing on the margins, winning games on the margins. Guys like Craig Council did that a bunch. Um, you look at the – uh, teams that made it there, uh, Miami Marlins, their run differential was minus 40 something or 50 something. The Cubs run differential plus plus 90 something. They had the third best run differential in Major League Baseball. So I never want to hear the run differential ball crap again. It's getting so annoying. Well, actually, they're pretty good. Well, they didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> um, and uh, that is that is a direct indictment on David Ross, in my opinion. He gave uh, Eric Hosmer so many at-bats in April, and they had Chris Morrell uh, down in AAA. Morrell comes up after that and hits 26 homers. Um, it took Jed Hoyer releasing Trey Mancini completely off of his two-year deal to get David Ross to just stop playing him. Um, and then, as I said, with the bullpen that they just kind of ran out of gas. Dansby Swanson <clears throat> had an injury. Uh, right before the tri- uh, the uh, All-Star break, comes back after that injury. He sat just five innings the rest of the year. He had a five-inning break uh, from the time he came back uh, from the injured list. And um, it showed. He completely worn down. From August 1st on, he hit 212. Um, he was a little better in September. He hit 230, still not great, but it kind of affected his defense, which is uh, – He's one of the elite, if not the best, defensive shortstop in baseball, and he had countless errors, uh, just careless errors uh, toward down the stretch in that 17-game stretch, um, and it it just it really hurt the team. Uh, you know, I kind of piled on Ian Happ a little bit. You look at his numbers; he he had a fine year. He walked 99 times. He was 16% above league average hitter. Um, he struggled for a lot of time during July. And, uh, you know, you look at Seiya Suzuki, who 
David Ross sat for three or four games, just kind of get his mind right. After that, from August 1st on, Seiya Suzuki led Major League Baseball in OPS. So it worked for him. But for some reason, he didn't do it that with Hap at all, and he let Hap in there. Hap was pretty good uh, towards the end of the season. Uh, but uh, his his usage in that lineup was terrible. He hit third pretty much every single game. There was like a two-game, two or three-game stretch where David Ross actually led him off against right-handed pitching. And after that, he just put him back at the third spot, and uh, which meant your best hitter, Cody Bellinger, didn't even get a hit in the first inning. And there were countless times this year where it was a close game late, uh, ninth inning, one or two run deficit, and Ian Happ's the guy uh, who makes the last out in Cody Bellinger's uh, in the on-deck circle. Uh, so that's the kind of stuff that adds up. And uh, unfortunately, it sounds like David Ross is going to be back. Tom Ricketts pretty much confirmed it yesterday. I wish Hoyer would walk in there and say no. Uh, if you actually want to win, which supposedly Tom Ricketts does. Uh, but some of his comments kind of made me think, oh, are they really going to not do a whole lot this offseason again? Uh, he did say uh, in the booth yesterday, he said, uh, uh, now it's a we, we can't go giving out consolation prizes here and saying it's a good season when we didn't make the playoffs. So hopefully that means he's going to actually open up the checkbook again. But uh, I feel like that's just going to be uh, – they're going to kind of hold serve and do kind of what they did last year to appease a portion of the fan base, and they'll be solid but not uh, spectacular. They they just miss star power so much. Um, they just don't have it anymore. They, they have good players, but uh, they, they, they need that star. They need to go get a Shohei Otani, which is not going to happen, or trade for a Juan Soto. Um, so – uh, unfortunately I could see it coming last week. I mean, you had the bad, uh, if they would have just won two of those games they're in, um, and they blew two late leads. They were up six, nothing against the Atlanta Braves. Braves chipped away. Uh, say Suzuki loses a ball in the lights, two run score Cubs lose in the eighth inning. Uh, the next night up one in the ninth inning, Mark Leiter, <clears throat> instead of going to a guy like Luke Little, who came up through six innings, uh, a rookie struck out about everyone didn't allow a single earned run. Uh, they went to Mark Leiter, who clearly had had nothing since about the middle of August, and he gives up he gives up a homer to Marcelo Zuna to tie it, and they lose. Um, so that's another it's another indictment on David Ross. Uh, if 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 they just win those two, they're they're in. Or if they just they don't give those at bats to Trey Mancini and Eric Cosmer in April and into May, uh, they don't get swept in Miami. Uh, the games in May and April count just the same as they do in September, and it caught up to the Cubs this year. And uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully it's a wake-up call for them. Um, but uh, if assuming Ross is back, I think he will be maybe on the hottest seat in baseball. Aaron Boone is likely to return, uh, which is kind of a shock. So I think those two will be the uh, on the two hottest seats in baseball heading into the year. Uh, but uh, playoffs start tomorrow. We have the uh, Brewers uh, against the Arizona Diamondbacks in Milwaukee for three. The Marlins against the Philadelphia Phillies for three. And then in the American League, I'd have to look up the schedule for the American League. Tampa um, and Texas, isn't it? Is it Tampa and Texas? And then uh, Minnesota and Toronto. Yep. Um, Minnesota has not won a postseason game since like 2005 or something like that. Mm-hmm. They've been in it quite a bit and they haven't even won a game. Uh, I think this will be the year they actually win it. But uh, who do you have in those series? Well, my uh, predictions for the MLB season was Padres over Twins. So for the Wizards, I got to stick with the Twins. Uh, Twins beating the Blue Jays, at least. And then um, I think Tampa will be Toronto, or will be Texas. And then National League, I'll take Milwaukee over Arizona, and I'll take Philadelphia over Florida. Yeah, Milwaukee announced today that their number two starter, Brandon Woodruff, might be out for the entire playoffs. Um Probably, I mean, they still have two really good pitchers, three really good pitchers there. So, I, yeah, I think Milwaukee ends up beating Arizona. But, again, a three-game series is such a crapshoot um, there. But then, uh, I yeah, give, give me the Phillies as well. Marlins will be without Sandy Alcantara, so I just don't think they're that good of a ball club. I should have said Miami, not Florida. That was my bad. That's that's okay. <laughs> um, give me Texas over Tampa Bay. Texas has one of the worst pole pins in Major League history. Uh, they saved like less than 50% of their ball games this year. Uh, but that offense is good. Um, they are without DeGrom and Scherzer. So it'll be kind of interesting unless Scherzer's back. Uh, but I, I think Texas in the upset and then uh, give me Toronto over Minnesota. Uh, pretty evenly matched uh, teams there. 
with uh, Minnesota 12 games over and Toronto 16 games over 500. But uh, other than that, we can talk. Uh, we can talk. I, I give give me the Braves in the National League, regardless. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think the American League's pretty wide open. Um, don't be surprised if Houston's back. Unfortunately, I I just I have a gut feeling it's going to happen. I don't think the Orioles will do it. I don't either. I don't think they have the pitching to do it. Got to, and I think they they got to learn. I mean, they just won the ALE, so this might be kind of stupid. But they got to learn how to win first. Yeah, if that makes sense. Uh, and yeah, in that sort of environment, playoffs, there's mm-hmm. pressure on you now. Um, maybe maybe they're so young that the pressure doesn't matter. Kind of like. Uh, which, which Brandon Hyde learned from Joe Madden, I guess. I mean, he was on the Cubs coaching staff in 2016 and 2015, so he kind of he, – he was kind of the perfect manager for the Orioles this year with all those young guys coming up uh, that maybe he can take what he learned uh, there and uh, make that lack of experience not matter as much. But, um, yeah, I think that's about all I got baseball-wise. Got anything else? No, it'll be interesting to – to watch postseason, postseason is where it gets really exciting. So, yeah, um, I, I do have one stat here dating back to 2014. The Seattle Mariners have been eliminated on uh, one of game 161 or game 162, a whopping four times. Wow, 2014. So, they uh, only eight teams have experienced it at all, and only in the only one other team has uh, done it twice since then. So, they uh, have some heartbreaking uh. Losses and and they choked down the stretch, kind of like the Cubs did. Mm-hmm. So makes me feel a little better. Nah, it really doesn't make me feel a little better. <laughs> I can see it and hear it. You're you're hurting a little bit yeah. about the Cubs. Hon- honestly, after Wednesday's game, I just like whatever. Uh, but uh, I was just hopeful they'd get in. They they weren't gonna win anything once they got in. But it's nice to just kind of say they got in. But uh, it might be for the best. Who knows. I'd, I'd rather not get in than lose to Milwaukee and see them celebrate. So um, it's a silver lining anyway. And at least they, at least the Cardinals finished dead last in the, in the division. That was year, my so. favorite Cardinal season ever. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they, they finished dead last. Uh, that was fun. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, the off season's about here. The real season's about, about to start. So. So the Cincinnati Reds fans are saying again this year. So again, I mean, they honestly they should be pretty thrilled with how the season went. They should. Um, they should. Yeah, I mean, people were projecting them to finish fourth or fifth and win maybe 70, 75 games, and they uh, they outplayed that, and they had a lot of uh, young talent come up along the way. So I'm mm-hmm. sure they're pretty excited heading into the off season. Yeah, I am not exactly looking forward to the off season. See how the Cubs uh, disappoint me once again. <laughs> Well, um, you want to get educated tonight. Let's do it. All right. Let's talk about some sporting events that have happened on this day on October 2nd. Um, let's see here. Uh, a lot of old baseball stuff. Let's see if we got anything. Uh, oh, here's an interesting one. Last day, 1938, future baseball Hall of Fame pitcher Bob Feller struck out a record 18 Detroit Tigers, but his Cleveland Indians still lost four to one. That's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, not much else. I don't think old Bobby could do there. Last <laughs> um, day, 1947, Yogi Berra hit the first ever pinch hit home run in World Series history. Uh, but the Yankees lost 9-8 to to the Brooklyn Dodgers in Game 3 of that World Series. Uh, let's see here. Um, who won the World Series on this day, 1954? 54, was that the San Francisco Giants? or the so New, York, New York Giants. New York Giants, I mean. They beat the Cleveland Indians 7-4 to sweep them. MVP was Dusty Rhodes. Hey, not the wrestler, not the old wrestler, but the Giants outfielder, Dusty Rhodes. Not the American dream. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, man, a lot of World Series stuff from back in the day here. Um, trying to get into some normal. Uh, on this day, 1974, future Baseball Hall of Fame right fielder Hank Aaron hit his final home run as a member of the Atlanta Braves. And a 13-0 win over the Cincinnati Reds 
It was his 733rd career home run on his last National League at bat. Oh, pretty good. Uh, let's see here. On this day, 1980, 38-year-old Muhammad Ali came out of a two-year retirement and challenged undefeated world heavyweight champion Larry Holmes at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. Muhammad Ali uh, pounded him for 10 rounds before the corner threw in the towel. So it didn't even KO him. Just the corner's like, that's enough. He done. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. On this day, 1983, the Packers scored 49 points in the first half, 35 points of those in the second quarter, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers being 55-14. to 14. Man, the Bucs were bad back in the day. They were not good. They were not good at all. Um... On the day 1984, due to a strike by MLB umpires, the first four NLCS games were played with replacement umpires. Well, I bet that went well. Game one, the Cubs beat the Padres 13-0. Yeah, then Leon Durham happened. He he was Bill Buckner before Bill Buckner. People don't remember that as much, though. On the day 1986, New York Mets Dwight Gooden became the first player to first pitcher to collect 200 strikeouts in each of his first three seasons. It was pretty good. Uh, Mike Tyson in the news, oh, <laughs> 1988 for something negative. <laughs> Every time, man. Yeah. I, I, I was looking for him last week. I didn't see him on there. It was the first. On this day, 1991, NHL's number one draft pick, Eric Lindros, rejected the Quebec Nordiques offer of a 10-year, $50 million contract. Man. That's a lot of money in 1991. Yeah. A lot of money still, but especially yeah. 1991 for a hockey player. Uh, ooh, here's here's one you'll like. On this day, 1994, legendary Miami head coach Don Shula beats Cincinnati head coach and his son David in the first ever NFL meeting between father and son. Dolphins defeated the Cincinnati Bengals 23-7. Hmm. All right, we'll close out with a few more here. On this day, 1999, the uh, University of Alabama beat Florida, 40-39 to in overtime to snap the Gators' 30-game home win streak. Man. Future Seattle Seahawks running back Sean Alexander had four touchdowns for the Crimson Tide. He was He's one of the more underrated backs. I mean, he, he was thought of as the best back, but it was like a pretty short stretch, and then his career just kind of ended. Was day in 2001, uh, Sammy Sosa became the first player in MLB history to total 60 home runs in three seasons. They didn't invite him back. On the day in 2004, there's a lot of them on. I said we're almost done. There's a lot of them on this. The Montreal Expos earned their last win in franchise history, being the Mets 6-3 at Chase Stadium. Miguel Cabrera's career ended yesterday, and he was the last player ever to face the Montreal Expos. Yep. On this day in 2005, the NFL played its first regular season game outside the United States when the Cardinals beat the 49ers 31-14 in Mexico City, Mexico. Now they have five international games. Uh, we had one in London last week with a Toy Story version. That was kind of hilarious to watch. That's kind of funny. And then uh, there's one in London again this week with the Jaguars yeah. playing again. Jags might as well just move there. They might as well. And on this day in 2016, uh, the Ryder Cup happened at Hazeltine National Golf Course. The U.S. regained the cup, beating Europe 17-11. America's uh, Brooks Kepka, Brent Snicker, and Patrick Reed each won three matches. Wasn't uh, wasn't a successful weekend for the Americans this time around in Europe. Uh, haven't won on European soil since 1993. So now they got to wait till 2027 to get another crack at it. So I don't know why. They just, just can't do it over there. So hopefully. better at the President's Cup than they are uh... – Europeans just got a stronger squad than all the rest of the world combined. Oh, outside, yeah. outside the United States. That makes I sense. mean, I mean, I mean, this what I was disappointed about this one, even though the U.S. fought and hung in there for a while Sunday, but they were so bad early on Friday, they almost took themselves out of it right away. And, and the U.S. team had so much more star power compared to the Europeans. The Europeans had some kind of no name guys. I mean, they had one guy on their team just graduated from Texas Tech four months ago <laughs> and was playing in the Ryder Cup before he's even played in a major as a professional. Wow. So he's playing on a huge stage and he was lights out. Um, I know it's just his culture. Something, 
I don't know if they take it more serious because I feel like our guys take it real serious. I mean, Zach Johnson was in tears yesterday after the loss speaking about the team. But he he did have some questionable decisions here and there of when he sent guys out and when he didn't. Um, there's a lot more strategy involved with captains than, uh, than non-golf fans realize. So um, they'll, we'll see if the American can get it back in 2025 when it comes to Beth Page Black in New York. That'll be a, that'll be a rowdy crowd for sure. So, but that is the on this day segment, which is brought to you by like it is every week. And I better put up the, uh, I forgot to put up the banner this whole time. Moody Woodcrafts. Moody Woodcrafts is a veteran owned and operated woodcraft shop based out of Texas with Indiana grassroots. They provide hundred percent hand custom designs that fit your needs. And their pieces are a great addition to any home office or man cave. You can see some of their recently completed projects by visiting them on Instagram or Facebook at Mooney Woodcrafts is their handle on those. And if you let them know the Tan and J Man show sent you, you get 15% off your order. So get your sign orders in. It's already October. It's not too early to start thinking about Christmas gifts. So it would be the perfect Christmas gift for the sports fan in your family or the sports friend in your life. You want to do word association here real quick before we get into some football? Yes, I do. I saw a thing about pros versus Joes the other day, so I was thinking, what athletes were on pros? I missed that show. Me too. That was fun. Um, So I have about 14 athletes here that appeared on that one. So uh, starting with Jim McMahon. Uh, Most famous Bear quarterback of all time. He was uh, wasn't the best quarterback, but he fit that team perfectly. His yeah. his persona, his attitude—that's what that team needed. Headband, sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, Dennis Rodman, the Worm, uh, still a character today, still crazy today. But man, could he rebound the ball? Yeah, Matt Williams. Oh man, the old uh, giant and Diamondback. Yeah, uh, wasn't he a league MVP one time? I don't think so, but he was. Oh, really, maybe he was he's an All Star really Game MVP. Something. He, yeah, he might have been some sort of um, MVP, but yeah, good, yeah. good. I say underrated player. Yeah, he was good. Jerry Rice, best wide receiver in NFL history. Muggsy Bogues makes short guys proud everywhere. Man, uh, I mean, to be that short, you have to be so good at basketball to be a professional basketball player. And uh, he played for many, many years too. Yeah. And he was in Space Jam. <laughs> Jenny Finch. Uh, my opinion, most popular professional women's softball player of all time. I'll be honest, the only one I can name. Uh, what, what was it? Did she played for Chicago? What was what was that? The Bandits? Chicago Bandits? Was that the softball team name she played for? Oh, yeah. Windy City Bandits or something like that? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bill Romanowski. Oh, uh, lunatic. Um, yeah, he was. I mean, he was a part of uh, two Super Bowl winning teams of the Broncos, then one Super Bowl losing team on the Raiders. But uh, Royd Rage, man, he, he's a nut. Misty May. I don't know who that is. You don't know Misty May? You, you don't remember Misty May mm-hmm. and Carrie uh, Walsh, like the best uh, beach volleyball duo of all time? They all oh, all- okay. Okay. Well, I'm sure I've, I've, I've you, seen her before. You would probably but, know. But, uh, I, I'm learning something. Disappointed in you, Tanner. <laughs> Uh, Morton Anderson. Who Morton Anderson? You said oh, one of the best kickers of all time. Um, did he wear the one bar like Gary did, or was that just Gary that won the one bar? Could not. Morton was good for many many years. John Rocker, racist. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was he was a character. Yeah, he. Uh, I, he I'll never dude. forget when he uh, made those racist comments. Then he came out of the pen. I believe it was in the playoffs. For the Braves against the Mets, so, and the whole the whole city of New York City was booing him so yeah, bad. Yeah, and not many people like John Rocker. To no, uh, Herschel Walker, um, great running back for the uh, Raiders and for the University of Georgia. Um, I used to get him confused with Bo Jackson when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, about the same time. Bo Jackson did uh, do pros versus Joe's, but it seems like we've had him on this list. Yeah, and, and one of the best athletes of all yeah. time, Royal. And a Raider and, and, and a few other teams. Dominique Wilkins. One of the best dunkers of all time. Uh, one of the best Atlanta Hawks of all time. Yep. Bill Goldberg. Oh, good old Billy boy. Uh, famous uh, WCW slash WWE wrestler. Um, 
can't wrestle a match past three minutes because that's just Bill Goldberg's type. If it's past three minutes, he's blown up and winded. But uh, he gets he gets crapped on a lot of times by pro wrestling fans. But I always like Goldberg as a kid. Clyde Drexler. Clyde to Glide, uh, one of the best Portland Trailblazers of all time. Never won a ring, but uh, played on a couple of Team USA teams. Uh, one of the good ones. That will do it. I like that list. Good find. Good find. And that is the Word Associates segment, which is brought to you by Performer Print 2 Promo Group. If you're looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for your next trade show, company picnic, or sales meeting, Performer Print 2 Promo Group has over 50 years combined experience in promotional products and commercial print. They strive for fast and efficient response to all your print needs. You need to look no further. Let them be your one source print and promotional company today by giving Barbara Van Weinsberg a call at 574 210 3815. All right, which uh, which type of pigskin do you want to start with? Do you want a collegiate or professional? Let's do the collegiate ranks. Uh, All right. Start things off. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, what were some of your takeaways before we get into the Big Ten around the country this weekend and in week five? Um. Well, uh, Notre Dame pulled one out of a hat. They escaped. Yeah, Sam Hartman with a long was about 20-yard run on, on fourth and, and ten. It was fourth down, okay. It was fourth down, yep. I was, I was thinking it was like third and 18 no, or something no, like that. Nope, nope. Um, and then they end up winning the ball game. Uh, Duke hadn't, like, scored. We we got home, and I think Duke was down 13 nothing. It was 13 nothing, and they scored 14 unanswered. And then, uh, yeah, to take the lead, and then, of course, yeah. But Yeah, uh, Notre Dame's got some stuff to clean up. Yeah. Um, and they are in a tough part of their schedule. They go to an undefeated ranked Louisville team. This weekend to play under the lights. How's that feel? Second time I'm rooting for Jeff Brom in Louisville this year. Uh, it's still weird. It's still weird to see them, him and his staff, for the most part, wearing red. But uh, watching Jack Plummer sling it. But Jack Plummer's the same Jack Plummer he's always been. But Louisville can put up points. They got some athletes. They can put up points quick. That place could be rocking. And if Notre Dame does get by them, which... I'll say my prediction for for that game in a little bit. Then they have USC coming to town next weekend, which USC's got to let Notre Dame put up some points, but USC could put up points on anybody. Yeah. So Notre Dame's really in a tough spot, so that was a very important victory they very. came out of Durham with because if not, they could be looking at four losses in a row. They uh, they have to run the table to make the playoff, in my opinion. Uh, I just don't think they – I mean, they can do it, but I just don't think they will. Um, I, I don't think they'll lose this week, but I don't think they beat USC. That place will be rocking. USC, however, they're up 42 or 40 to 14 and let uh, Colorado come all the way back. Yeah. Almost they end up winning. But, uh, yeah, that, that defense isn't very good, but, man, that offense. Um, Caleb Williams is as close to Patrick Mahomes as we have seen uh, in the college ranks. He, he, he reminds me uh, a lot of Patrick Mahomes, especially with his ability to extend plays and just throw absolute missiles. Um, all over the place. So, um, yeah, that yeah, no, Notre Dame absolutely needed that Duke one um, to give themselves any sort of hope going forward. Ex Notre Dame coach Brian Kelly, a tough tough start to season down in Baton Rouge yep. for him. Yeah, the, their defense is pretty bad too. Ole Miss can put up points, but man, they gave a 52, 55. The, that game was in the forties to start the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, you'll see that in the um, SEC too often. Yeah, LSU came in with playoff aspirations, and they have two losses already, so I would take them completely out of it. Yep. Um, I, they're out of it for their division, too, I yeah, think. Yeah. Um, Georgia still hasn't played anyone. Um, they squeaked by Auburn by a touchdown. They, they haven't looked that great either. They'll, no. They'll, they'll get tested. They'll, they'll lose a game. Mm-hmm. Um, Alabama won over the weekend. Uh, Saban was still yelling at his players when they were up like 21 late, so, which is typical Saban. Um, honestly, I didn't really follow a whole lot. Florida got smacked at Kentucky. Kentucky's undefeated. Uh, I think they're in the rankings now. Uh, Utah went up to Corvallis and lost to Oregon State Friday night. Utah's still without their starting quarterback, which is, um, yeah, yeah. Um, USC and Oregon, the teams to beat out there, but the Pac 12 is a good football conference. I'm sure TV networks are kicking themselves that they didn't offer a them yeah. a little more money to try to keep that conference intact. Um, what else happened around the country? I'm trying to think if there's any upsets. Mich- Michigan smacked Nebraska. Oh, killed them. Um, 
Minnesota kind of squeaked by Louisiana. Yeah, Minnesota's not what everybody thought they were going to be this year. The West is garbage. The West is bad. I mean, I mean, we say it every year, but this might be the worst. It's the worst. It's been. Um, Which, you know, everybody's like, thank God Big Ten's not going to have divisions. I wouldn't say that just (laughs) yet because there's going to be 18 teams. They're going to have to do something. 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 So, but, man, those four teams they're adding are all pretty solid. Washington, Washington's another one to throw it in the Pac-12. Yeah, I forgot good. about them when we were yeah, talking about USC right. and, and Oregon. Washington's really good. And UCLA holds their own, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, inside the Big Ten, like you said, Michigan smacked Nebraska. I can't figure Nebraska out. Um, uh, Penn State was off to sluggish start against Northwestern, but then cranked it up in the second half. Uh, Maryland put it on oh. Indiana, but Maryland can score so fast. Indiana fired their offensive coordinator. Uh, they have a lot more problems than just their offensive coordinator. That entire coaching staff probably needs to be gone. Rod Carey is now their interim OC. He was a bad head coach at Northern Illinois. Yeah. Um, don't know what that's going to fix. Probably nothing. But I don't see them getting too many more wins on no. their schedule. No, I agree. Um, and Purdue and, and Illinois played for the Purdue Cannon. It was close for a half, and then Purdue – Played their best half of the season, best quarter of the season in the third quarter. Well, yeah, third quarter was a win. Um, 21-0. But Illinois helped them out a little bit. He dropped a few balls that one, one, one should have been a touchdown. But what – and I want to ask you about this. What, I mean, I'm surprised that Illinois is this bad. Because I expected them to be um, – Yeah, their quarterback play has been pretty bad. I mean, he had that terrible turnover. Uh, that was scoop and score. Mm-hmm. Um he missed a wide open. The tight end was wide open for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. First drive of the game, and he threw about ten yards over his head. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, that touch or that would have been touchdown in the third quarter. Um. Should have been caught, but at the same time, wasn't that great of a throw either. No. No. I mean, he could have um, put it on them a little better. Offensive line has been absolutely brutal this entire season. They were really good last year. They're missing their sixteen hundred yard rusher and Chase Brown. Of course, he's with the Bengals. Um, but, uh, it's pretty disappointing in Illinois land. Defense hasn't been as good, obviously. Uh, now some of that has been the offense's uh, futility. Um, but, uh, you look at their schedule, I think maybe six and six is the ceiling. Now you gotta beat, gotta beat Northwestern Indiana at home. So there's four wins. Then you gotta find two. You gotta win. This is a must win week uh, for Illinois at home against a real bad Nebraska team. And then you gotta, Find one against uh, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Maryland. Uh, so their schedule is pretty, I mean, for the most part, fairly easy. You don't get Michigan, Ohio State. You're done with Penn State. Um, but uh, they're, they're going to have to scratch and claw to get to a bowl, which which is a pretty good season by Illinois standards. But I know uh, they had higher expectations than um, they have in years past. Yeah, Purdue's got to do the same. I mean, I thought to uh, get to that six-win mark, they need to be three and two. Mm-hmm. At least at the end of September, they're two and three. Um, they're gonna have to get one somewhere where they're not expected. I mean, in, in October looks brutal. It's only a three game month for them because they have their bye week, and that's at Iowa. This, that's, I mean, that's the one you need to get. Yeah, but I mean, I was so good at defense and special teams. Yeah. They just find ways to win. Ohio State at home, that's not happening. And then at Nebraska, maybe I don't know. Gotta get that one. Then November uh, at Michigan, that's not happening. But then their last three: Minnesota at home, at Northwestern, Indiana home. You're Those right. three, you got a pretty good chance. So, so they're still not out of it. Um, but you know, looking back, that even though I think Fresno's the best team they've played so far on their schedule, that one really hurts. That one really hurts because that one they probably should have had. Syracuse, they could have had. Wisconsin, no. Yeah. Um, Virginia Tech, of course, they won. But, uh, no, uh, Purdue's defense was the best they've been. Um, well, they were better in the second half against Virginia Tech, rushing-wise, I guess. But, overall, I thought it was their best game they've played, uh, mm-hmm. turnover-wise. Getting to the quarterback, like you said, Illinois' offense line was struggling. And Purdue made some adjustments. They Kevin Kang, their uh, Divas coordinator went up to the box for the first time all year, and Walters did the signals down the field. And they say the same, same thing with office coordinator Graham Harrell. He went up in the box for the first time all year, and the offensive staff who, member who was in the box went down the field because they only have two guys in the box. Which, I mean, I'm not, I've never coached a football day in my life, but I, if I was a coach, I'd always want my office coordinator up in the box. I just feel like you can see more. Up see there. more. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, 
it's whatever the coach wants to do, you know. And I, I know we're going to talk NFL here soon, but I know Vic Fangio, defense coordinator for the for the Dolphins, he likes to be up in the box. He does not like to be on the field. He complained about that being the head coach of the Broncos all the time. Yeah. To where at one time I thought we might see for the first time ever a head coach up in the box, which <laughs> would have been really weird. But, um, but no, another interesting week around the Big Ten. I believe I won the Big Ten pick them yeah, because um, of the Cannon game. Yeah, uh, once again there's been. Uh, <laughs> Four, four of the five weeks this year, I've missed one game, and it's been the Purdue one all the time. <laughs> so, yes, you uh, you did win uh, pick them this week. But uh, starting, I believe it's a Friday nighter. Yes, uh, yes, it is. Nebraska at Illinois. Both teams two and three. Both teams looking to get the momentum going a little bit. Illinois, as of tonight, is a three-and-a-half-point favor at home. I am taking the Illini because it is in Champaign, but I'm only taking them for one because I think this is a, a pretty toss-up game here. Yeah, if Illinois wants to make a bowl, they have they have to have it. Um, there's no excuses. The fan base is already jumping ship, which that's typical of Illinois football. Um, they have a great year, uh, and everyone jumps back on the bandwagon. Then they start off poor, they jump off. Um, but uh, for some reason, I'm taking Nebraska for two. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it with Illinois. They could easily be 0-4, really, uh, if you look at it. Or 0-5. Uh, yeah, 0-5. Oh, yeah, 0-5. Um, easily because they squeaked what got real lucky against Toledo and then fairly lucky against uh, FAU. So um, Nebraska has been pretty bad too, but uh, um, I don't know. I just think Nebraska gets it done. Uh, Maryland at Ohio state. It's the Fox big noon game this week. I yeah. thought it might, thought it might be the uh, NBC game, but Fox gets first dibs. I've been reading all about the TV yeah. arrangements lately. So Fox gets first pick after that. It's kind of murky. Who gets next say and what? But five and zero Maryland, five and zero number four Ohio State. Ohio State's a twenty point favorite. I think Ohio State wins, but does not cover. I got Ohio State for three. I have Ohio State for three as well. I think they uh, win, but do not cover. Uh, Maryland can put up some points. Uh, two of his brothers playing some good football. Um, so yeah, I think that's going to be a closer game than we expect. You know, they wish they were in the West. They'd oh, be winning yeah. the West pretty easily. This oh, year. oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Rutgers at Wisconsin. Yeah, four and one Rutgers getting close to bowl eligibility already for Scarlet Knights at three and one Wisconsin. Wisconsin's a thirteen and a half point favorite. I think uh, playing at Cameron Camp Randall will just be too much. Give me Wisconsin for four. I have Wisconsin for six. Um, this is the best uh, passing offense Wisconsin's had in a while, mm-hmm. uh, and it feels like maybe that game against Purdue last Friday uh, things maybe started to click a little bit. They did lose one of their two running backs for the year. Yes, they did. But uh, Braylon Allen is the better of the two anyways, but still it's going to hurt them a little bit, yeah. I think. Depth-wise, depth yep. for sure. Yep, yep. Howard at Northwestern. 2-2 two two, Howard at 2-3 and three Northwestern. There was no line on my app yet, but I am taking Northwestern for six just because I assume Howard – being a two and two FCS team, I would assume yeah. Northwestern could take care of them at home. I have Northwestern for four. Uh, honestly, Northwestern's look better than I thought. They're still not very good, but uh, yeah, if they have an issue with Howard, um, which they could, who knows? But uh, that'd be pretty bad. So. Purdue at Iowa, two and three. Purdue at four and one. Iowa, Iowa right now is a two and a half point favorite, and I think the reason that's so low is starting quarterback uh, Cade McNamara is out for the year. It is believed with a lower leg injury. Um, <laughs> Purdue had good has had good luck recently against Iowa. But that was with the previous staff, Jeff Brom staff, especially at Kinnick. They have won two of the last three ma- meetings up there, three of the last four meetings overall against Iowa. But uh, um, I'm taking the Hawkeyes for two. First team to 13 wins. <laughs> um, oh, don't do that to me. I'm, t- I'm taking the Boilers for one. I do not believe in Iowa's offense at all. Um, and I don't think McNamara being out is probably that big, that big of a deal because he's played some bad football. He is more mobile than their backup. Um, he he their, is. I watched a little bit of that Michigan State. Their backup was transferring from Wisconsin to Fordham, and then Iowa talked him into coming oh, to Iowa right. City instead. Um, so um, yeah. in, in – as programming note for Purdue fans, it's two weeks in a row, and it's going to be three weeks next week because it was announced today they play Ohio State at noon on the Peacock <laughs> next week. So that's three weeks in a row, which is really annoying <laughs> as a Purdue fan that Purdue's already been on it three times. But you better just buy it now or, or do the free trial. I would say free trial, but you better buy it because come basketball season, Big Ten teams, all teams are going to be on that as well. So you better just get it now. So. Yeah, uh, Iowa's offense is terrible. 
Yeah. I, Iowa's defense could score two touchdowns. Though, like, or, because, special because, 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 or special teams. Or special teams. So, uh, yep. But, uh, yep. Yeah, give give me the boilers now. Well, uh, you're you're I was gonna win now because you're always wrong when you pick Purdue. So maybe, maybe this will be the time I'm right. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> Michigan at Minnesota. Number two, Michigan five and zero at Minnesota, who's three and two. This is the NBC night game. That's more because of Michigan, not Minnesota. Michigan's a twenty and a half point favorite on the road, and I think they cover that. I agree. I I have Michigan for five. Do you have Michigan for five as well? As I was. Yes, I do. Sorry. I'm going to let my dog in real quick because he's whining and driving me nuts. Um, the Red River Rivalry, uh, 11 a.m. Central Time on ABC. We have a really good uh, number 12 Oklahoma team. Dylan Gabriel's having a fantastic year. He's throwing 15 touchdowns, only two picks. Against number three, Texas. Oh, this Red River shootout? Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Already October 7th. Yeah. Oh, man. Um <clears throat> Give me Texas. I think Texas is their top. They're, I mean, they're ranked in the top five, but they're definitely a top five team in the country. Yeah. Ring number three. O- Oklahoma, after having a terrible year last year, has really bounced back. Yeah, Brent Venables and staff have done a good job. Uh, yeah. Uh, man, that's always like a 49 42 type game. <laughs> or it's a blowout. Yeah. It's either a really exciting game or a blowout. Uh, give me Texas, though. LSU is re- still ranked uh, for some reason. Um, Number 23, LSU at number 21, Missouri. I think LSU gives Missouri their first loss. I agree. I think LSU bounces back. Um, Missouri really played anyone. They squeaked one out against Vandy. They squeaked one out against Kansas State on 61-yard field goal. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Number 13, Washington State at UCLA. UCLA is favored in this one. Yeah, I'll take, I'll take UCLA and the Rose Bowl. Give me Washington State. Um, number 11, Alabama at number zero because they're not ranked Texas A&M. Uh, give me Alabama. Texas A&M, uh, backup quarterbacks in for the rest of the year. Uh, Wegmans uh, was announced last yeah. week. He's out for the year. So I'm glad you said that because I was prepared to take A&M. Give yeah, me I, Johnny Vanzell. Well, he probably is walking through that door because he's been going to all their games. So I shouldn't say that. Uh, four and one Syracuse at number fourteen North Carolina. Syracuse finally dropped one. Now uh, Clemson beat him. That's right. Uh, give me North Carolina. I like Drake May a lot. You look at his numbers and Drake May's kind of had a disappointing year. Five I touchdowns, know. only four interceptions. Might lose himself some money. Give me Carolina yeah. as well, though. Number twenty Kentucky at number one Georgia. Georgia's jo- give me Georgia between the hedges. Yeah, give me Georgia. Uh, number ten Notre Dame at number twenty five Louisville. Mm, don't even want to pick this game. Uh, <laughs> Irish in a close one. This will be the Jane Mann's book it prediction of the week. Uh, give me the Irish as well. I think they uh, do not have a letdown before their game against uh, USC and go in there in the top 10 at 6-1. and one. Notre Dame is uh, favored by seven points, and I think they cover. This is Jack Plummer's third crack at Notre Dame with his Man. third different school. <laughs> J-Man's Booker Producer Week brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance Agent Travis Watchering for Life Home Auto Business Workers Comp and Farm Insurance. Contact Travis 219 4561 is email Last one here, number 24, Fresno State at 4 and 1, Wyoming. Give me Fresno. Give me Wyoming in the upset. Uh, Cowboy up. One of my favorites. Uh, yeah, Josh Allen's not walking through that door, though. <laughs> Uh, any other uh, college football? Uh, oh, I'm sure I could, but we we've only got about 12 minutes, and we got a lot of NFL and winners and losers to do. So we better we better get on that. Uh, winners and losers, you go first this week. I go first. My first winners. Sorry, Josh. Buffalo Bills. Me too. Uh, I think they are the best team in the AFC. Mm-hmm. Um, best overall team for sure. Yeah. Um, Top three, te- three or four, three or four team in the league. Um, yeah, they they found their groove. I mean, they mm-hmm. lost that week one game, which was just pure motion by the Jets. Ever since then, they've hit their stride and yeah. they look pretty unstoppable. They heard uh, all this talk from the national media yeah. about the Dolphins all week, rightfully so. Sure. Well, said, yeah. Uh, Don't forget about us. Yeah, Vic Fangio's um, defense got to play a little better going forward. Yeah, they were miserably bad yesterday. Uh, I, I don't know how you fix it either. You, you um, can't put your defense in a miserably bad category until they've given up 70 points. 48 is pretty bad. But it is bad, but. It's not 70. <laughs> um, t- 
two out of the last three games uh, the Dolphins have played in Buffalo, they've given up at least 48. <laughs> they gave up 55 or 56. Uh, not an easy place to play. It's, it's not, but uh, that was disappointing. Um, Detroit Lions uh, going into Green Bay and smacking them. Um, they're for we, real. We, we were both pretty confident the Lions were in that one, but they, yeah, they're for real. That offense is good. Defense makes some good plays. So. Dallas Cowboys coming off the loss to Arizona, just thrashing the New England Patriots, which is coming kind of common for other teams to do. It's kind of doable. Um, yeah, that was the first loss Belichick's ever had by 35 points or more. Yeah. Um, they have a quarterback issue there in New England. I've been saying it for two years you now. Have? No you have? You have? agree with me, but it's, <laughs> it's becoming more and more evident. Um, yeah. Houston Texans, they smacked the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I think they were fortunate that C.J. Stroud was not taken number one overall. He has been, as, as you said uh, with your trivia question, he has been fantastic. Uh, so far and uh the Steelers are pretty up and down but uh to give up 30 or to only give up or to score 30 points against that great Steelers defense and uh the Steelers offense is pretty bad uh, Matt Canada and Matt Canada it's pretty yes bad. Steelers offense coordinator, yeah. coordinator um but um yeah pretty impressive there so far by Houston in a winnable division too yeah my last one's Gotta be my Denver Broncos. It might be the one of the only times I can say it all year. <laughs> Not going uh, on seventeen. Uh, they beat an awful Bears team, but it's just the way they did it. Down twenty-eight to seven, they could have just quit and just things implode even worse. But they found a way to fight, claw, and come back in it. And and I've been saying it for weeks. The offense is not the problem with this team. It's defense. And Russell Wilson had a pretty good game yesterday so far in the season. Nine touchdowns to two interceptions, and he's doing his part. Now is it perfect? Absolutely not. But. Maybe they can stack up a win with another win. They got the Jets at home this week, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, my last winner, it's between two teams. I'm thinking I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. They look uh, good. Deshaun didn't play uh, for Cleveland, but uh, the Ravens bounced back in a big way and are probably the team to beat with how bad the Bengals have. Uh, oh, my gosh. North. Um, yeah. Spe- speaking of, I start the losers off, the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, they look terrible against the Tennessee Titans. It's getting to the point where you got to think about sitting Burrow for a few weeks to let him heal. Maybe He's got to hurt himself really yeah. bad. Maybe they can go on a run uh, towards the end of the year. He is the first quarterback in NFL history to have a 150 throw uh, pass attempt stretch and average less than five yards per attempt. Uh, so he's obviously not healthy, and uh, they're sitting here at, what are they, one and three? Yeah. Um, and they're pretty fortunate to win that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think if, if you, you, they want a chance at the playoffs, they got to send it for three weeks and maybe he comes back and they go on this hot stretch and he's good, but uh, they, they look bad right now. Uh, my number two, I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I, I know, I know Kenny Pickett got hurt. He's questionable he's terrible, for this weekend, but I had high hopes for him for Steeler fans this year, and he hasn't produced yet, at least. And they just look out of funk. This doesn't look like your normal Steelers team we're used to watching, and they better wake up soon. Too tough a division not to. Yeah. Uh, New Orleans Saints are my second loser. Uh, Derek Carr plays, did not play very well. They, uh, they talk J-Man, a lot of trash. J-Man drops him on his fantasy um, team. Uh, Derek, I, I don't know why I drafted him. I've never been a big <laughs> Derek Carr guy. I know you haven't. That's why I was surprised um, to see you had him. I think it got down line. I need a backup quarterback. He's the only one that doesn't have a buy as that has the same buy as my quarterback. But they, they talk a lot of trash, especially when it comes to Tampa Bay. And Tampa's won a couple couple straight against three in a row. Three and one. Three and one. So yeah. uh my 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 last one I could go with a team, but I feel like I'm just picking on this team and maybe J Man will go with this team. Uh so I'm gonna go with a group. The Las Vegas Raiders offensive line. Was awful. And Aiden O'Connell did not play very well yesterday. He fumbled three times, lost two of them, and threw a badly timed interception. But when he did have a little more time than just a second to throw the ball, he did all right. Cleo Mack had six sacks by himself yesterday on that Raiders offensive line. So bad day for them. Yeah. um, Brandon Staley about dang did it again, though. He's never going to learn. Second straight week, about the same exact spot on the field, too. (laughs) Um, and it, luckily it didn't cost, cost them, but yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, my last loser, Indianapolis Colts. Um, All right, you didn't do it. I thought I could go with the Bears. I 
the Bears, I could put them in the winners category. They have the top two picks in the NFL draft. They can go Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. But, right now. But that is so embarrassing. Uh, that is embarrassing, and it's it's very clear that ever ever flus they they need to clean house again. Again, um, their coaching staff and, pace wasn't all the problem. Don't understand how or don't know how they get it to where they're not terrible. Oh. Um, but no, the Colts, uh, they came all the way back. They could have had a chance to go three and one. And then they let uh, Puka Nakua, um, who's off to maybe the greatest start a wide receivers had ever um, score a touchdown late. So Colts, yeah. it does sound like uh, Jonathan Taylor's going to practice on Wednesday. So mm-hmm. that, I mean, that division's open to everybody's two and two. Yeah. So and, and, yeah, they could have been three and one. I think so. Colt fans are a lot more optimistic right now than they were at the start of the as, year. So. As they should be. Yeah. 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 Uh, NFL pick them. I uh, won this week again. I think I won back to back. Yeah, we're tied for the year oh, now. We're now tied. Uh, Bears, they're probably not going to fire Everflus because they have a Thursday nighter. Uh, but if they lose this one in bad fashion, I bet he's gone. It's kind of a mini buy they get. But Bears at the Washington Commanders. Commanders, I could put them on the loser category as well. They needed to go for two late uh, in Philadelphia. I'm still surprised they were able to force overtime against Philly after getting killed by Buffalo the week before. Uh, I'm taking the Commanders for 10. This Bears team's just not good. I have the Commanders for 12. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars against the Buffalo Bills in London. In London. Um, I usually like the Jaguars in London, but the Bills are too good. Bills for 11. I have the Bills for 13. Uh, Houston at Atlanta. Interesting game here. I like the way Texans are going, but I like Atlanta at home. Atlanta for six. If Atlanta gets themselves a quarterback in the offseason, watch out. They should have traded for Lamar Jackson. They should have. Uh, Desmond Ritter's terrible. Give me Houston for one. Uh, Carolina Panthers at the Detroit Lions. I got the Lions for 14. I have the Lions for 11. Uh, Tennessee Titans at the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, This was a hard one for me, but I'm going Titans for two. I have the Titans for seven. Uh, Giants at the Miami Dolphins. I had the Dolphins for 12. Uh, it was a humbling, humbling game for all of us involved yesterday. And Tua even said that after the game. I think Dolphins bounce back in a huge way. Dolphins for 14. They're nine and a half point favorites, and Giants haven't even played tonight. That's uh, true. So, uh, Vegas. Giant, I, Giants are pretty banged up, too. They are. No Saquon Barkley, which will help. Um, I think a few office linemen out, I think, too. People aren't talking about it, but uh, Miami's turned into one of the toughest places to play in football. Dolphins have won 15 of their last 17 games at home. Um, so people I, I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, New Orleans Saints at the New England Patriots. I have I was just uh, <clears throat> talking trash about the Patriots earlier, but I think they bounced back at home. Patriots for three. I have the Patriots for six. I don't believe in the Saints at all. Uh, Baltimore Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have the Ravens for 13. I have the Ravens for 10. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles at the LA Rams. Eagles are four and zero. They've been pretty. Uh, they haven't looked that great doing it, but they are four and zero. Yeah, Eagles for seven. I have the Eagles for nine. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals at the Arizona Cardinals. Bengals have got to win this one. If not, they're in big trouble. Cardinals are better than I thought they would be this year, though. Cincinnati Bengals for five. I have the Bengals for three. New York Jets at the Denver Broncos. I got the Broncos for four. Um, Zach Wilson. What is the first quarterback in Patrick Mahomes' career in 127 starts, including college, to throw for more yards, throw for more touchdowns, and have more completions than Patrick Mahomes? He played well last night. He did. He lost. Uh, give me Denver for two, although um, that's that's as much of a coin flip as you can get. Just hack it against Peyton uh, this week. Yeah, maybe uh, hack it will get some revenge. Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs at the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Chiefs for nine. Chiefs for eight. Dallas Cowboys at the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers for eight. I have the Niners for five. Green Bay Packers at the Vegas Raiders. I'm not sure. I'm guessing Jimmy G's going to be back this week, but I haven't seen anything today. I was not impressed by either of these teams. I'm taking the Raiders just because it's in Vegas for one point. I have the Raiders for four. Uh, by teams this week, we have the Cleveland Browns, the L.A. Chargers, Seattle Sea Chickens, as you like to call them, <laughs> and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Good new year. Got to remember that for my fantasy team. Oh boy, Mike Evans is out for me. That's not good. No, and that's not good for Baker in Tampa either because he's he's just a horse. He's yeah. a touchdown machine. Yeah. All right, J Man, your birdie or bogey question. Texas Texans rookie quarterback CJ Stroud has a one thousand two hundred twelve passing yards. That makes him second in the for the four, first four career games in NFL history. 
Who's he behind? Is it Andrew Luck? You, my friend. Let's not do this. Are getting a bogey. He just oh, passed dude. Luck yesterday for second all time. Luck uh, had 1,208. It's former MVP Cam Newton. I wouldn't even thought about it. 1,386. That was a really good question. Thanks for watching the Tan and J-Man Show. We'll be back at her next Monday with another episode. Have a fantastic week, everybody.